Resilient Solutions, Season 3, Episode 4. How to know if your child is depressed or suicidal. It's a scary time to be a teenager, and if you're a parent, a family member, youth minister, teacher, or someone who interacts with children and teenagers, you need to know this because there's some alarming statistics that were released just last week through the CDC, as well as through Pew Research. A Pew Research study done earlier this year indicated that 76% of parents are concerned about their children's mental health, particularly depression and anxiety. This is a worrying indicator that shows parents are unaware of the signs and symptoms of depression in their kids. In today's shortcast, I'm going to give you some links to that. Also, CDC released a report last week that Fox News and other agencies reported about that had some alarming statistics. Listen carefully. 57% of high school females reported feeling sadness or hopelessness in 2021. That was a 58% increase from 36% in 2011. 30% of those females seriously considered attempting suicide in 2021, almost 60% increase from 19% in 2011. And then 24% of females made a suicide plan in 2021. That's a 60% increase from 15% in 2011. Well, in today's shortcast, I'm going to give you some highlights of what to look for, but I really want to push you to the links in my show notes or on my blog. I've just recently written two articles for Focus on the Family about this very topic. Let's jump right in. I have a confession to make. I'm a recovering youth pastor. Early in my ministry, I worked with young people, and I'm so glad I did that because throughout my life, including my therapy practice, I've worked with a ton of young people. So when I read some of these statistics, I really wasn't surprised and yet I was also a little bit disappointed how many parents completely miss the signs and symptoms. So in today's shortcast, we're going to touch on a few of those and really push you to read a couple of articles I've written. Let's jump right in. As a parent, grandparent, and caring adult, it can sometimes be really difficult to know the difference between a normal adolescent moodiness and depression. But learning those differentiations is important to being a parent. As a parent, it's a challenge to know the difference because coming out of this post-COVID world, even though we've been out for a while, there's a lot of residual stuff that's going on. A lot of our kids were isolated. They were not in a regular school setting, didn't have regular interaction with kids. And so that set us up for some pretty scary times. So what are some things that can contribute to adolescent depression? Well, a whole host of things. First of all, it's just the hormones kicking in. The body's going through such rapid, expansive changes, not just their bodies, but their mind. Also, teens can develop a real sense of failure and worthlessness over grades. Uh, They can be fraught with relationships, peer pressure, just a whole host of things. Add to that disruptive factors like a disruptive family event, such as conflict, addictions, divorce, the death of a family member. And add to that just the divisiveness and some of the toxicity we see around our country today. There's a lot to be thinking about, a lot to be discouraged about. But anyway, during this time, a lot of teens experience a lot of anxiety and depression as their bodies morph from from being boys and girls to young men and women. Several health issues can contribute to it also, including chronic illnesses such as diabetes, heart disease, cancer, a family history of mental health, and all sorts of issues like that. In addition, Teens who have been diagnosed with a mental health disorder, such as a learning disability, ADHD, anxiety, or depression, are at higher risk. But one of the most significant factors for the rise in teen anxiety and depression is related to technology. 
Those born between 1995 and 2012 were the first children to grow up with smartphones. Getting your first smartphone was like a rite of passage. In 2012 and 2013 is when the first iPhone was released. And that's when we begin to see a shift. The screen time kids spend on all the times, particularly on social media, can do a lot to kind of warp their sense of well-being. Social media is most associated with harm, particularly because of those vulnerable to depression and anxiety. One of the hidden dangers of children having a smartphone is exposing them to a huge amount of feelings before they have the mental skill set to process them. Many teens are giving the deepest part of themselves, their feelings, their emotions, their passions, desires, and dreams to thousands of strangers online. And that's an empty universe. Now, these behaviors can make them tired, confused, with little energy to invest in genuine face-to-face, eyeball-to-eyeball relationships. The emotional consequences can leave your team feeling overwhelmed. With the rise of connectivity, even rural kids are exposed to the national thicket of social media drama. So, what is the difference? How can you tell the difference? Well, let me just give you a few hints real quick, but let me really encourage you to read the two links. There are three areas to consider when trying to determine if your teen is going through age-appropriate moods or something more serious. First is time span. One of the indicators to look out for has to do with duration. For example, has your teen been moodier or behaving differently for more than the past couple of weeks? If so, there is a possibility they could be dealing with a form of depression. Second is symptoms. You know your child better than anybody else. But the kaleidoscope of symptoms for teen depression can range from withdrawal, sadness, increased moodiness, sulkiness, crying, irritability, and anger. Some of these can include mood swings that are out of sync with their normal life circumstances. Go to my show notes and click on the link to Mayo Clinic's article on teen depression for a full list. Third is areas of life. Take note if you see issues spanning multiple domains or areas in your teen's life, such as their performance at school, sports, youth activities. Also, if you see a shift in their interaction with friends or notice increased isolation and withdrawal, It could be more than just adolescent moodiness. When looking at your kids, your teens, here are five areas to be aware of. Five areas to consider. Number one, eating habits. This includes weight changes. If you notice a difference in your teen's eating habits, it could be an indicator of some underlying health issue. Secondly, interest. Another indicator of trouble are signs of changes in your child's activity and interest. While not always a sign of mental health concerns, it is something to note. Staying up to date with your teen's current interest is a, is a great way to remain in touch with them and to continue building your relationship. Number three, sleep habits. Now, adolescents tend to sleep a lot. Still, if you observe a noticeable shift in their sleeping pattern, you should speak to them about it. Number four, substance abuse. It's a scary world out there with so many drugs in the schools and outside the schools and neighborhoods. It's just scary these days. Adolescence is a time of experimentation with both legal and illegal substances. Many teens will, quote, experiment to self-medicate. Therefore, any substance abuse or alcohol abuse should be considered a red flag. And then finally, the fifth area to be concerned about, and that's suicidal ideation or non-suicidal self-harm. If your teen is expressing suicidal thoughts or you observe any type of self-harm, such as burning or cutting, it's more likely than not that your teen is dealing with either depression or anxiety. So when should you seek help? If you're concerned about their safety, suicidal thoughts, and non-suicidal self-harm, talk to your pediatrician 
or a mental health provider. If you need to get a mental health professional, check with your school or your church, or you can contact Focus on the Family. They have a full list of vetted Christian counselors throughout the country. If you do choose to use a counselor, realize that not every counselor is a perfect fit, so you want to find a good fit for your child. So here are four things you can do to kind of dial into your kid's world. Number one, observe your teen. If you see something that doesn't look right or feel right, address it. Don't be fearful. Lean into it. Secondly, engage your teen. Talk and let them know you'll listen without preaching or freaking out. Don't be afraid to ask if they're feeling depressed. Just because your child may deny they're depressed doesn't mean you should fail to keep an eye on them. I mean, really, folks. Next, educate. Educate yourself on what to look for. You should know your child better than anybody else. And if things seem a little wonky or a little out of place, ask them about it. Lean into it. Educate yourself. And then number four, encourage your teenager to engage in healthy activities. Whether or not your teen is struggling with depression, it's essential to get out in the sunshine, move around, and be eyeball-to-eyeball, face-to-face with people. This is one of the great things about a youth group or our clubs or choirs or sports or things like that is it puts you where you interact with others. Unfortunately, one of the downsides of technology is that both adults and kids spend way too much time on social media and not enough time engaged in physical activity and personal interaction. I hope you find this helpful. I've got a link to two articles in the show notes and on my blog. You can find my blog at johntherman.net and just look for the childhood depression or suicide link. Also check the link in the blog. Well, let me begin to wrap up today. If you need some help, check with your local providers. If you'd like a free consult, you can call me at 505 343-2011. That's 505-343-2011. Or email me, john at johntherman.info. I am an author and a speaker, and I'd love to come speak to your group about adolescent depression and what parents can do. I also have a class called Spiritual First Aid that could help your church or ministry. If you're interested, just contact me through the website, john at johntherman.info. Thanks so much for joining me today. My name's John Thurman. You've been listening to Resilient Solutions, my podcast that's designed to help you become more resilient in your personal life, your relationships, your business endeavors, and in your faith. Just reminding you that this is the day that the Lord has made, and I'll make a choice to rejoice and be glad in it. See you next week.